This week, my friend Haley reminisces on her positive high school experience while also trying to define her self-worth. She talks about what she has learned through a relationship with a great guy with different religious beliefs. Later, we learn about why she decided to go back to school after a four-year degree and how she has found meaning in her career. The last few minutes are a few inspiring quotes and life lessons from Miss Haley Mann. So we met freshman year of college just by chance. We got put as roommates. And something that I learned like right off the bat from you, partially because we had all just graduated, but even through the years that we lived together, like you loved high school. Is that true? I did love high school. I think it's easy right now to look back at high school and be like, oh, it was so fun and so great and so many memories, which I know it wasn't all like that, but I did. I think I enjoyed it more than most people, which I think was really lucky. Why do you think you had such a fun experience in high school? I think friends were a big part of it. I had a best friend that was with me from when I was six years old through high school, and I think having a person with me the whole time made everything really easy. I think I had older siblings that liked high school, and it made me excited for high school. So I think that helped a lot, the example of them, Mm -hmm. seeing that high school could be really fun and I could make the best of it. If you hear that someone doesn't or didn't like high school, what kind of thoughts are you having? Honestly, I totally get it. I, again, was lucky that I had good experiences in high school, but I definitely didn't all the time. I think it's probably more normal than not to have harder challenges in high school because we are just trying to figure things out at that age of our lives. It does make me want to talk to them about what happened and what went wrong and what did you go through because every person's experience is so different and so I'm lucky that I had that but I think it's very normal that other people didn't have the best experience. High school is just hard. Middle school is hard. That age of our lives we're just figuring out who we are is so hard. Did you have struggles in high school? Yeah I think it was middle school where I started having a lot of self-doubt and didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. It was probably seventh or eighth grade which I think is probably normal for a lot of people. I noticed I was really rude to my family and I was starting to get, I was just in a weird place, right? And I, I just remember one experience where I was not happy and I, which was weird because I had good friends and I was in sports and I was doing all the things I thought I should be doing, going to church, doing everything, but I was not very happy. And I remember I talked to my mom about it and I remember she just asked me if I knew who I was and I kind of just answered that I, I didn't know. At that point, she kind of said, well, let's try and figure it out. So all of middle school, all of high school, that was kind of in the back of my mind, like who am I and how can I figure out who I am and what does that mean for me at this point in my life? That took years. It's still, I'm still working on it, trying to find confidence in myself and confidence in school or friendships or relationships. In high school, I think it was easy to be overshadowed by all the things I was participating in, what I was struggling with, but I did have a lot of self-confidence issues that I'm still working on today. Were there certain things that like triggered that self-doubt? I had really smart siblings and really athletic siblings. I was really good at comparing myself to them. And when I was in middle school or high school, I didn't really see how hard they worked. I kind of just, in my mind as a 13-year-old, I thought they just got everything and got to be on this tennis team or soccer team and didn't have to work that hard. Now that I'm older, I realize how hard they worked, but at that age, I just compared myself constantly. So I think that was hard because I looked up to them so much, but it was also paralyzing in a way because I was trying so hard to be like them, but I didn't know who I was. Did any of these feelings 
come from other people or was it just you questioning and you comparing your own self? I think it was just from me. I don't really remember pressure from my family to be a certain way or friends pressuring me to be something or to get a certain grade or to play a certain sport. So I think it was just me watching everyone around me and wanting to be like them. What kinds of things throughout your life have helped you learn like who you are? I've tried a lot during my high school years to prioritize what was important to me. And for me, that was because the LDS church is a big part of me. I remember that conversation that I had with my mom in middle school about you need to figure out who you are was you need to figure out who you are in relationship with Jesus Christ and how or Heavenly Father and how you're a daughter of God. So I remember coming home from school and there'd be like a magazine article on my bed about figuring out your divine worth. So I would just start reading things. I would start trying harder to have a relationship with Heavenly Father in whatever that way was for me. So praying as much as I could in whatever way it was for me. So driving to school and just talking to him, seeing if he would listen to me or reading scriptures and seeing how the words that they said related to me or trying to put my self-worth and my understanding of who I was not in outside things and worldly things, but more spiritual ways Mm -hmm. because that was more of like a eternal perspective rather than just what I was going through right then and I'm, I'm still working on it now but I tried to think of why I was here why, why I was in my family that I was why I was in the, had the friends that I did and why that those people mattered to me and what was my role in my family and what was my role in my friendships and deciding why that mattered to me I think it's really hard to <laughs> define like who I was in that stage of my life because at that point it's like oh I'm on the tennis team, or I'm part of just part of this family, but it's important to realize, no, I'm here on earth as a daughter of Heavenly Father, and just trying to think of it that way instead of a big perspective. Did you realize that at the time, or is this stuff that, like, looking back, you can vocalize better? At the time, I was very aware of it all the time. I don't know if I could think this deep about it, like, looking back, but in the moment, I was... I was thinking about it all the time. Like, who am I? How can I better help other people? How can I better be a friend or a daughter? Or So I think I, I was aware of it, maybe in a different way that I see it now. What would you say to someone who's just about to start high school and kind of not really sure of who they are? Like, what's your advice to them? I remember when I was in high school and something at the time was a really big deal to me. I can't really me- even remember what it was, but I remember my mom like validated my feelings and was like, this seems like such an important thing to you right now. I'll do whatever you need like right now. And whenever you're ready, we'll talk like we can talk more about the importance of it. But right now, that's not helpful to me to say, oh, it it doesn't it's not going to matter in five years. Like that's not what me as a 10th grader needed at the time. So I think just meeting that person where they're at and trying to validate where they're coming from and trying to understand where are they coming from? What is bothering them? Where are they having doubts? Meeting them where they are and then going from there. I think it's really hard also in middle school or high school or going into high school where you think this is where I'm going to meet all my best friends and this is going to be the most important part of my life. And at that time it is important, but it's not the most important. And sometimes we over-exaggerate things in our lives. So I also think encouraging them to find what brings them the most peace 
or happiness. I, I also remember something like my mom would always say, you'll never regret being nice to someone. She kind of said something like that all through middle school, all through high school, whenever we were leaving the house or doing something was look for the one, you're never going to regret being nice to somebody. So sometimes it's as simple as looking out for other people, and that's something that will help you feel more peace or more grounded at something that's so scary like high school. Another thing about you that I've observed, and even from this conversation already, is like family is just like so important to you. Your older sister, Kenzie, is someone who in my eyes throughout your life has really helped you a lot. Like, I want to dive into that. Like, what is it like having an older sister like Kenzie? Yeah, Kenzie is the best. When I was in middle school and she was in high school, we were typical sisters. I don't know how close we were, but I always looked up to her because she was so fun and she was athletic and just really fun to be around. I could tell that she was admired by a lot of people like her friends. And just when I was young, I thought to myself, you know, I want to be someone like her where people want to be around her. And when she moved to college, we actually got closer when she left. We didn't see each other all the time, and so we kind of had to be closer friends. When she was in college and eventually when I went to college with her, I saw how hard she worked and how she loved to make other people feel happy, whatever that was, do whatever she could to reach out to other people. And I just remember she was such a good example to me, not just because she was a good sister, but she was just a good friend and someone that I know I saw my parents talk very highly of, and I wanted to be someone like that. I remember when she went to college, she wrote me a little paper of advice, and I still have it in my childhood bedroom, and it's something about sports and how she would, because I always thought she just knew so much about sports, and she said she would always ask my dad a question and get his advice or his opinion about sports and then go to school and talk to the boys about sports and that's how she learned and I was like that is so cool I'm gonna do that (laughs) I just really admired her a lot she was just always a really good friend and a really good sister and even now when she's married she's one of those people where in my family when they're there they are it's so much fun to have her family there when my sister got married my mom said something about how she was like, wouldn't you just want sometimes just Kenzie to come over and not her spouse? Like, are we're just going to miss just Kenzie. But now that she's married, it's even more fun to have both of them. And I admired their marriage as well. It, again, was a marriage where people just wanted to be around them. And so I, just, I still look up to her as a sister and as a mom. And she works and works really hard. And so there hasn't really been anything that I don't want to be like her everything that she is and everything that she emulates and and tries to be is someone I would love to be. Do you have like more ways of why it helped you? I think part of it's helped me because she's a physical therapist and I she helped me get into my job now as a physical therapist assistant and I think being able to talk to her about our similar careers has been really helpful. I think seeing how she um, treats her spouse and acts around him makes me want someone who has a relationship like them. I think the only time it was, and I don't want to really say negative, but was probably when I was in, when I was just growing up, seeing how smart she was and just comparing myself to her. So it's not even really a negative thing, but I still do it sometimes where she just seems sometimes like the fun sister when I was younger. And so I was, sometimes that was negative, but Did you guys ever go through periods, except for the normal like high school sister phase of like, fighting or negative feelings or have you always just kind of been there for each other 
I would say we've been there for each other. I think especially during when I was in college and just college is hard and so many things and knowing she lived close by, I could always just drive over there and hang out with her and Matt and ask for advice and they would be there for me. And even now they live, her and her kids live 10 minutes from me. So sometimes I have a hard work day and I still go over there and just play with her kids and talk to her and her husband. And so she still is there. You're also a very, very good friend. Like you're the kind of friend that always initiates things that reaches out if it's been a while. How have friendships been important to you throughout the years? Since I had that friend when I was six years old, I've always valued the importance of friendship and not, I'm very lucky to have someone that I was friends with that whole, my whole life, but I know that's not always the case for everyone and that's okay. I remember, I actually talked to you about it once, how we have different friends in our lives that have different purposes. And I remember I used to think every friend, in order for them to be my friend, I have to tell them everything and they have to tell me everything and that means we're friends. And if I didn't know something about someone, I thought we were like growing apart. And it's helped me, or over the years I've learned, okay, I have some friends that I see all the time and we know everything about each other and that's great. And I have some friends that I see once a year and we only call or I only go to sporting events with some friends. Or, and that doesn't mean that we're not as close, we just have a different friendship and I think that's okay. And I, that's something that I've realized is important for everyone to have different friends for different reasons and different stages in our lives. How do you handle losing friends? I don't think I used to handle it very well. I think, <laughs> to be honest, I think I was really sad because of I had that mindset where it's like, oh, we don't talk anymore. They don't care as much about hearing about my life. Life just changes, and I think it's okay that I don't want to say you age out of friendships or you grow, but just life circumstances change, and that doesn't mean I don't care about those people any less just means maybe we don't serve the same purpose that we need in each other's lives anymore. And I think that is okay. What moments have changed the trajectory of your life? I think this question is hard for me just because I haven't, I don't feel like I've had like big life changes. I don't know. I just, I went to college and then I got a job and I did change jobs. And I don't know, there hasn't been like a big moment where I went on an LDS mission and that changed everything. I just kind of I've been going to school and my family's been like stayed the same and a lot of my friendships have stayed the same. And so I think that's why this question is hard for me. So it's more like little things, I think maybe that have changed, but I don't know if it's changed like the trajectory of my life or just kind of changed how I think about things. Either I didn't know this side of you before or it's new. You have like, there have been things that have gone in, gone on in your life that have made you like prioritize empathy over anything else. Like we just need to love people. I do think something that changed me is when I did an internship through recreational therapy. So I worked at a treatment center for adults with dual diagnosis, substance use disorders with mental health challenges. It was my last semester at BYU. It was just for four months, but I was 22 years old, 21 working with adults from age 18 to 65 with so many challenges in their lives. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was supposed to help give them therapy in like recreational ways. I was not trained for it. And I was around so many 
people from so many different lives. And as I was working with them or talking to them, I realized how important it is to just listen to people and un- try and understand the best that you can what they're going through because I had no idea. If I saw these people on the street, I would never in my mind, which I shouldn't anyway, try and judge people, but I would never think that these people had severe substance use disorders and severe like anxiety and depression. It made me realize that what all of these people needed was just someone to listen to them and someone to love them someone to help them just walk with them. And I think the other hard part with that was I wasn't allowed to talk about religion at all. And all I wanted to do was, and not even specifically my beliefs, I just wanted to learn about their beliefs or talk about any beliefs. And I couldn't unless they specifically brought it up. And that was so hard for me because I thought all of them needed something. And we tried to teach them to believe in something outside of themselves. I think everyone needs to connect to something whatever that is, if it's a god or multiple gods or the universe or whatever, we really tried to emphasize that. Working with these people for four months was so cool, so hard. But even in just that short amount of time, I realized how important it was to meet people where they were, listen to them and not change them. I couldn't, I, they were like 40 years older than me, some of them, way more life experience. I was still in college. I wasn't trained in it really, but I could listen to them and let them know that I was there and somebody cared about them. And we talked a lot about how it was important to realize that it's okay to not be okay, or it's okay to have all of the feelings that you're going through and how all the people with struggling with mental health, how we emphasize that maybe you might have that your whole life and that's okay. And we got to learn how to deal with it or use it or understand it so we can not move on but use that to continue with our lives i never really thought of myself as someone who judged people but i think after that i realized we have no idea what anybody's going through and i don't really need to first of all i think i just need to love people and not worry about what they believe what they don't believe or the choices that they're making just know that they have somebody who cares about them And I just realized it wasn't my place to judge. It was my place to love them. Is there a time and place to correct someone? To insert an invitation to change? If what I would say to them, what is that going to change? Is that going to ruin my relationship with them? Is that going to help in any way? Is it just so I can say what I want to say and throw out my opinion? So I have a younger brother who is not active in the LDS church anymore. I think that was really hard on my mom more than the rest of my family. And I remember my mom making comments to me or my sister, uh, something just about, not in a harmful way, but just kind of about his situation. And I remember mentioning to my mom, well, he's, he's still coming home for family dinner and he still wants to talk to us and does activities for us or with us. And he still wants to be part of our family. Is that the most important thing to worry about, that he's not going to church right now? And she kind of thought, you know, you're right. He is coming home and he wants to hang out with us. Maybe that part of his life is, I don't need to worry about it so much. I think if it was starting to be harmful to him or to my family, 
maybe that would warrant a conversation. But again, I don't think it would ask for pointing fingers or degrading him in any way. I think it's more of a, we see this path you're on. We don't know if it's the best path, but I don't think that's always necessary. I think a lot of times people know what path they're on and they just need to figure out for themselves. And sometimes I'm just there for support, not necessarily to enable him, but just to be there for whenever he, whatever path he's on that I'm, I'm there for him. I think one of my favorite quotes I used to have as my wallpaper on my phone, you probably know it, was, we're all just walking each other home. And I loved that quote because it wasn't necessarily, I got to bring somebody on my path and walk with them and make sure they're with me. It was, we're just, we're just going home. We're just walking. We're just trying to get there. And what I took it as, we're just trying to get to where we are, however we can. And we just got to be there for people. Um, kind of going along these lines of like not changing people. You have firsthand experience of like dating someone who is not of the same religious faith as you. What was your experience? Honestly, it was a really great experience. I never really thought I was going to date someone who wasn't of my same religious beliefs just because what I believe is so important to me and has been my whole life. And I think I was worried about dating someone who would take, not take that away from me, but lessen that importance in my life. So I did date someone who didn't have the same religious beliefs as me and who didn't really grow up with any religious background. So I think one of the reasons that it worked so well is because he was very open-minded about learning about new religion and the way I live my life. And the last thing I would want is for someone to be converted to a religion because of me. Like I want them to that to be all of them, their choice. Never wanted to pressure him, so I never did. I just kind of lived my life how I normally would. I went to church every week and I would tell him about church and I would read my scriptures every day and I would pray and he would come over family for family dinner and my family would pray and we'd talk about our church that day and I just lived my life like how I always would and making sure he knew that that was the most important thing in my life. I think it also worked really well because he wasn't against anything in the church because he grew up without a religious background. He didn't have thoughts about my beliefs. He didn't want to try and tear them down. He was just open-minded and was willing to learn about whatever. It was good for me to learn about why I lived my life the way I did because he had a really great life and still does and is a really, really good person, one of the best people I know, but he doesn't have that foundation. But I, so I had to think, okay, why do I live my life the way that I do? So it kind of made me reevaluate my priorities. Why do I go to church every Sunday? Why am I doing all this when he seems also really fine and really great, but doesn't have to do all these other things that I do every single day? It made me understand, okay, I, I like doing it because of the peace that I feel, because I love the relationship that I have with Heavenly Father, because of the relationships that I have in the gospel. There's a reason that I choose to go every week. I think I've also had to learn a lot more because he's also asked me a lot of questions that I don't know the answer to, that I've never had to teach before. Growing up in Utah, it's very different than anywhere else, and so I've never had to explain certain things that I do and sometimes I just had to say you know I, I don't actually know why I do that let me figure it out and then I will 
explain or kind of come back to you with an answer or why does our church do this specific thing? Let me figure it out. I think the other reason that it's worked really well is because there's been no pressuring from, like I have never pressured from my side, my family never has, and we've just, again, just been there and answered his questions or I brought him to things if he's willing to come with me, but obviously, again, no pressure, just kind of to see what my life is like. I think because he knows how important what I believe is to me, he's like supported me in everything that I choose to do. Just out of curiosity, like what have been the hardest subjects to explain to him? I don't know if there's been specific topics that have been hard. It's more in general because he also grew up in Utah. He asks questions like, it feels like your church has a lot more rules than other churches, or you guys believe that you're the true church but he says he doesn't hear other religions saying as much that they are the true church. His questions are very general, which is sometimes even harder to answer when it's broad question that I've just grown up doing or grown up understanding. We had a conversation once about being married in the temple or being sealed in the temple. And we talked about how I want to be sealed to my kids or something like that. And he said something like, well, what if I wanted you to be sealed to your kids, but I wasn't technically a member, could you be sealed to your kids? And I'd explain that that I couldn't, even if I wanted to be. He'll ask questions about the Book of Mormon, which is really hard to come to answer to someone who doesn't have a huge knowledge of the Bible. Because for them, it doesn't really matter that it's, we believe in the Bible and the Book of Mormon. That doesn't mean a lot to him. So I have to explain to him why it matters to me and why I think it could be important to him, but use terms that he doesn't use in his daily life. I don't even think about some of the phrases we talk about in the church, like enduring to the end. And for someone who didn't go on an LDS mission, I I haven't had to teach it that much. And so it's made me think about the very basics of our church. And so that's kind of been the hardest stuff is honestly the basic stuff were you ever trying to explain something to him and realizing that you couldn't and also that you disagreed with the church he mentioned something how like thing he's noticed things in the church have changed and it's hard to say okay but like the doctrines don't change and i don't want to say we're changing with the world but sometimes things just need to be updated i don't know it's really hard to explain so like i got a second piercing and i think he that was why we were dating. And so he commented how before I didn't get that and now I got it. And why did that change for me? So we kind of have to be open about how the, like what I believe and like the doctrines of the church don't change. But I like how modesty has changed to more of a personal thing and more of a reflective thing. Sometimes we've had conversations and he asked specific questions about people he knows and how they act. And I have to try to explain how we as people are not perfect and we have our own agency to make decisions but the doctrine of the church or jesus christ is perfect for someone who doesn't have a relationship with jesus christ that's really hard to explain to someone that there is someone out there that's perfect that we follow but we are not but we're trying really hard there are definitely things that i think about a lot we have had a conversation about his parents who maybe drink or say something and he asks a general question like okay so my parents make this decision or make this choice so they're not going to make it to the same place that you want to be just because they drink once a year 
he doesn't do it as like a attacking. He tries to ask it in a trying to understand kind of way. He's asked me, yeah, about how people in the LGBTQ community are treated. And I have a hard time with that because like I've said, I just want to love everybody. (laughs) And so I do sometimes have a hard time where I hear the leaders saying that everyone has a place in the church. But if I was, if I was a member of that community, would I feel welcome in church? I don't know if I would. So there's, there's some things that I did have to explain. You know, I, I have a hard time with that too. And I'm just trying to love everybody, try to trust in what I've learned and what I know, but I don't want to undermine what anyone is feeling. Do you feel like he has changed at all in your conversations, in your example? I do think so. He's pretty private about how he's feeling about some things, and he's come to church with me, and maybe he's thinking about things, but I'm never going to be like, so what did you feel, or how do you feel now? I'm not going to pressure him into anything. I have talked to him a little bit about, obviously, just the family that we believe how important family is in our gospel, and he has mentioned to me how he wished he grew up with a family that had some type of religious upbringing. And so I've, I see him just kind of asking questions. So he used to work a lot on Sundays and some slowly he's taking Sundays off and he's mentioned, wow, it's really nice to have a day to kind of slow down a little bit. I think like dating culture is very hard. Dating is very hard. I think dating in Utah is very hard. I think dating in the LDS church is very hard. I just have a lot of experience with this with my patients when I'm working with them. And a lot of them will ask me, oh, like, are you married? Are you dating someone? And if I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. They say, oh, how old are you? I'm like, oh, like, I'm 27. And automatically they're like, oh, well, you're going to be okay. And I'm always like, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Like, and maybe that's just the older generation. People don't realize, like, how hard it is to date and find someone that you want to be with forever. Maybe our generation's getting a little better at it. And if we were just a little bit more understanding of how how hard it is to date someone and to find someone that you like and want to be with forever. I just think it's, I think it's hard. I think it's impressive that people find people like that. I wish people would just, would not automatically try to defend like, oh, well, it's okay that you're not married or you'll find somebody or it'll all work out. Just be like, oh, okay, great. I don't know. Like that's just one part of your life and that, okay. Like just how we would with any other question, if they didn't give this right answer, you'd be like, oh, okay and just move on do you feel like old like we talked about this with michael and adri a little bit but like do you feel like pressure to get married soon or are you just like chilling i actually i don't really feel pressured i have a really good family who doesn't pressure me i mean i have an older brother and a younger brother who are both not married i don't know if that helps that most of my family's not married i don't think so i think my parents are just really understanding and don't pressure me I don't feel pressured by my friends, even though all my friends are married, most of them, most of my friends are married. I always knew I was not going to get married young. I don't know why, I just always felt that. My parents were 28, and I used to think that was so old when I was young. I was like, oh, my parents were 28 when they got married, and everyone was like, oh, that's so old. Now that I'm 27, I'm like, that is so young. I don't know, I just feel like it is, I don't know, I just feel like we're all young. It takes me a long time to like somebody, and so I just knew I wasn't going to, but... I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself. I just know everything will work out. If marriage was the goal, like 18 years old, everybody could get married. Mm -hmm. Like you just find someone and get married. But no, the goal is to like have an eternal relationship with someone. And that's hard to find. And it should be hard to find. And you should Mm -hmm. be picky. So 
time is just not an issue. Okay, I really do want to talk about this. You went to four years of college and you graduated with a bachelor's degree in recreational therapy. You did your internship Mm -hmm. and then you continued with a job that you had in college. Right. And then you decided, I want to go back to school. Like, tell me about your thought process. After that internship, which was so hard, so good for me, but so hard, I realized I didn't necessarily want to work in that field specifically that I did my internship. I wasn't against rec therapy in general, but that field was just really hard. But I had an opportunity right after I graduated from BYU, the job I was working part-time throughout college offered me a full-time job the week after I graduated from college. And it was a good tech job and I was comfortable doing it and it was a really hard thing to pass up. So my plan was just to work there for a year and then look for something new. I had no idea what that was going to be. I worked there for a year, but then COVID hit. I didn't want to change my job and make all these decisions during like a hard time of life. So I decided to stay there, but I was working from home all day doing a job that I'd been doing for four years at that point. I knew there were opportunities for me to grow in the company, but I didn't necessarily think that is what I wanted to do. And so I had my COVID crisis. I think a lot of people had where I was just, I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was just having a hard time. So I talked to my sister and my mom, didn't love working from home. I could go all day without talking to anybody out loud. She said something about what about physical therapy? And I thought about physical therapy when I was in high school, when I had to go to physical therapy and I worked a lot with the assistant there. I thought this is a really cool job, but then I went to BYU. There wasn't a program for it. So I just kind of forgot about it, just pushed it aside. Then during COVID, I, I looked into programs for physical therapy assisting. There was one that was close by and it was inexpensive. And I'd already done a lot of the prereqs when I was at BYU. I wouldn't say I necessarily wanted to go back to school, but I knew that if I wanted a career path, I needed to push myself and try something new in order to get to where I thought I wanted to go. It's just an 18-month program, so I had to quit my other job that I was really comfortable with. And there were times when I was in school when I was thinking, I had a good job, a full-time job, and I was done with homework, and I was done with tests. What am I doing? But it ended up being a really good challenge for me. It helped that I had my sister, who was a PT, to kind of talk me through some things. And then I graduated last December. And so I've been working now as a physical therapist assistant for eight months. And it's been really good for me just to be around people. It's hard and it's hard every day, but it is a good challenge for me. And I can see it's more of what I wanted to do. Is having a career important to you like throughout your life? Or at some point is your goal to like be able to stop working and be a mom full time? I will say actually a PTA job, a lot of women do it because it is a good mom job. So I think maybe that was part of it as well going into this job was it's really easy to work part-time and there's a lot of different fields and different environments you can work at. And so it's very, it can be very flexible. I think at this part in my life, it is really important to me to have a career. I would love to continue working. I don't know if I'll say that if when I have kids, if it is important to me then. Do you regret any part of this process of schooling and career? I don't think so. Sometimes I would think when I was in PTA school, why did I go to BYU? Because you don't need a bachelor's degree to be a PTA. 
And so sometimes I would think, did I waste five years of college to getting a bachelor's degree when I could have just come to 18 months of school, spent a lot less money? I honestly don't think about that very long because I don't regret my BYU experience at all. It was the best thing for me. The reason why I was on that path to being a PTA was because of my experiences at BYU, because of the job I had after. So I don't regret any any aspect of where I am now and what I've done in the past. What consumes your thoughts day to day? I love lists. And so when I'm not doing something, I always go back to my list. It's like your favorite list that you have. Like you love looking at it. I have. So in high school, I think my mom, we all had like family home evening and my mom sat all of us kids down and she read some article that said we should always have a bucket list of a hundred things written on it. And in my mind, I'm like, that is so many things to always have. And she said, hundred things once you do something you cross it off add another I was like I don't even know like 10 things I like want to do but she said it doesn't have to be huge things it can be really small so I started writing a list so it's I have big things like travel to different places or do something with my future family but I also have like small things like I want to learn how to juggle or like something really small watch a movie this certain movie with my brother or something I don't know so I think that's one of my favorite lists because I'm always checking things off or thinking about things I want to do. Do you still write in your journal every day? And how long have you been doing that? I do. I write in my journal Yep, every night. I think I started 2015 and I've never missed a day. And it's just a one line a day journal. So I just kind of write a highlight of my day. If literally nothing happened, I write a scripture that I read that day that I liked or what the weather was like. Wow. I did get that from... Our friend Mallory so she just done it longer than me but she inspired me to want to write in it every day and it's been my favorite thing sometimes it is discouraging I will say just because the way the journal is set up I can see every day for the from like the last five years so sometimes I'm doing like really fun things and I'm like oh today I was in school all day or I didn't see anybody or I didn't talk to anybody but it's really cool to see kind of the progression of my life and going through highs and lows and I wish I would have started it earlier, honestly. That's probably my one advice for people is to write things down or to take more pictures because it's so fun to look back. Did you ever get behind? And if you missed a day, like what would you do? Sometimes like today, I've looked back and I hadn't written in the last three days. So I do sometimes have to get caught up, but I also try to take a lot of pictures. So I looked in my camera roll and saw, oh, a few days ago I was with my nieces. So I remembered what I, so I don't, sometimes I do get behind it where like if I'm on vacation, if I don't have my journal, I'll just write a note in my phone of like highlights of the day. I read this book a long time ago that said, I can't remember if it said if it takes like one minute or less, then just do it right then. And I think about that all the time. You also always had like an album in your photos called quotes what are maybe like a couple of your most like memorable quotes just off of the top of your head um i have one that i look at all the time that just says tomorrow can always be better than today simply because jesus christ exists that's one of my favorite spiritual quotes i have a lot from my parents that i've actually written down i, I said the other one from my mom earlier one from my dad that i have written down as one of my favorite quotes is I'll give you context, but it just says, well, did you do your best? Since I really struggled with comparing myself to other people, like my siblings and my friends, 
in school especially. I was very hard on myself when I didn't do as well on a test as I thought or as well on a paper or something like that. And my dad is always who I would call or complain to. I remember talking to him on the phone once and he just said, well, like, did you do your best? And I had to think, you know, yeah, I I studied as much as I could and I went to the lab and I got help and I didn't procrastinate and I read all the research that I needed to. So yeah, I, I do think I did my best. And my dad would just say, well, then you did everything you could control. We just move on to the next one. But if I reflected and say, no, actually, I didn't, I don't think I did my best. He would say, all right, let's make a plan. And I'd make a plan for how I would do better in the next time. You asked before what was something I would give like freshmen going into high school, like what advice I would give. Okay, I was okay. kind of thinking of what I would tell freshmen in college when they were going to college. For the first time, what's something to know? And for me, it was... I think when I thought of people in college, they had like their best friends and they had their group of people. So when I came in freshman year or sophomore year, I was so set on like finding my people. I think my one advice would be to not worry about finding those people initially. I mean, I didn't find a lot of my close friends in college until like the end of my junior year and to my senior year of college. And so sometimes I was so worried about all these people are doing all these fun things and they have all their people and their close friends and I don't have that yet. And I think that is okay. And I think I would have told myself not to worry about that as much. Obviously, again, looking back, it's a lot easier to say that. Worrying about finding those people was honestly harder than just living my life, however, with whoever was close to me. I learned from you, Haley, that comparison made finding yourself worth hard, but you were able to continually search and learn about who you are and why you are where you are in life. I love to hear about what positive experience you have made dating. You've learned so much about loving others and not changing them, even in the middle of a relationship. And I'm so glad you found a job that challenges you and allows you to interact with people the way you were looking for. Thank you for the reminder to write in my journal tonight. <laughs>